All right, so here we are, episode sixteen, one six. I am uh, I'm Alf at home. Your maps at home, and this is the Maps Podcast, where uh, today we find ourselves at a definite crossroads. Um, but before we get into that, I, I think we really need to address the latest rookie sensation for the Mavs. Uh, first <laughs> Yogi Mania. Yogi Ferrell. Yogi Ferrell. Yeah. Has there ever been a call-up for starters just to start right away? And then just uh, for, for the Mavericks in, or in general? For the Mavs, yeah. I can't remember. Uh, no, I nothing comes to mind. I mean, you know, a few years back, I remember, and this was when Jason Kidd was still here, and I think he he was out for a few games, and Berea finally got to play, but that wasn't a call up. But I remember Berea had some kind of emerge a little bit as oh, we we might have something, yeah. You know. Right. Yeah. Uh, this is. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is this is pretty different. I, I thought it was hilarious Monday night. You know, after all the lamenting that LeBron has done about we need a backup point guard and all this. And the guys torching him are Seth Curry, who we signed for next to nothing, and Yogi Ferrell, who we just picked up from the D-League. Uh, could I have easily been picked up by the great, Cavs. Yeah, great point. Great point. I mean, it, it just had to make him insane. And we won't get into the LeBron stuff too much because the national media kind of beats that to death. Uh, I think he does do himself a disservice, though, when he goes off on the GM just because he actually had a pretty good point, but it kind of got lost in his bigger tirade because he could have just said, I don't know why we couldn't found a backup point in the offseason. It just seems like uh, I just I agree with him in that regard, you know, but when he's like, I need to get some help here. That's where it sounds weird, you know. But (laughs) (laughs) when he has more help on a team than Dirk has ever had talent-wise, regardless. regardless. And and we're wasting money on J.R. Smith and uh, and and and, who uh, else? Tristan Thompson. Tristan Thompson. Yeah. Exactly. So, but you're right. That that was the great irony of the Cavs upset is. You had this, uh, I, I would almost say beyond rookie point guard because a rookie could have been already had played 40 games. He was literally playing, I think, in his uh, 10th game of the year because he did play a little time with the Nets and um, his second game up from the D League. And uh, in three games, I mean, he's averaged 13 points, five assists. I, and just the way he's pushing the pace, I don't think we would have won any of those games without him. Could we say that? Yeah, I agree. And I, I think the thing that stood out to me the most last night was he was 3 of 13 from the field. And I think yeah. in the previous two games against the Spurs and the Cavs, he really shot the ball well. And last night he still managed – you know, I was I was at the game and I was still sitting there like I, I really wanted Yogi in the game and I wanted the ball in his hands even though he wasn't he wasn't scoring like he had done in previous games. Like he he does a great job pushing it and just kind of controlling the offense and 
I mean, I kind of laughed to myself thinking at one point that, I mean, we had a, we had a little pick and roll dunk and it was Yogi to Sala. And I was like, wow, there's a classic combination right there. <laughs> oh, and it, it was amazing to watch. Like, uh, we'll get into Sala in a minute, but, uh, Yogi, I mean, This is where it gets conflicting because applaud the Mavericks for, you know, um, signing him, playing him, and him matching up with Rick's system so well that he he could just get into the flow right away. What also scares me, though, is there was a time where we felt Cher Jackson and Josh Gibson were better players than him. And within three minutes of that Spurs game, I was just like, oh, yeah, this guy is, he's a legitimate point guard. Like, I'm not saying he'll ever be a starter, but he's a, I, I don't see how that guy is in a rotational player for, you know, six to eight years in the league, you know? Yeah, he's so fast. Like, that's uh-huh. the thing that stands out when you watch him, and he's fast with the basketball, which is which is hard to do. But, uh, well, it's really, yeah, he's he seems. He seems smart. He seems like a legit point guard. And he, like, Pierre Jackson and Josh Gibson both look like pickup ball ball hogs that they were just hoping would just be Isaiah Thomas-like and come in and light it up. And I guess they did a couple times, but they, they never, they never gave you the feeling like they made anybody better. They were just gunners. And, um, Yogi Ferrell, uh, Arguably, I, I would, if I had to bet, I would say he makes players better uh, as a point guard than Darren Williams does. Like, we had an argument about that or a discussion about that yeah. a few weeks ago. Like, Darren Williams, great player, great shooter, but, I mean, Yogi Ferrell is running the offense, and Rick Carlisle has to be somewhat giddy about this because, honestly, if, if Ferrell was six four, there would be talk about maybe we would have found a point guard of the future here. But because he isn't, <laughs> uh, that that talk will not start at all. But still. Right. Um, great well, pickup. and he played, he played four years at Indiana. So he's yep. got a ton of basketball experience and at a high level. I mean, Pierre Jackson might have played four years at Baylor, but – I don't think that's the same level as uh, as Big Ten basketball, at least, or at least when they were both there. Yeah. Um, at least night in and night out. And then also, you know, the fact that he's undrafted. I mean, you, you see, I, I saw it last night in person, and and Rick Carlisle values this. He's looking at Carlisle every time and like, what are we running? And yeah. I think the conflict, you know, when Rondo was here, Rondo was just like, F you, I'm running what I want to run. <laughs> yeah. You know, Carlisle never got, never got comfortable with him. You know, he got to the point with Kid, and obviously Kid's a Hall of Famer, but, you know, Kid can kind of do whatever, but I think Kid worked with Carlisle well on that front. And, um, but yeah, I think that's the other thing working in, in Yogi's favor and in the Mavericks' favor is that, He's he's pretty willing to just kind of listen to Carlisle and do whatever he says, and and I think that helps here. Like Carlisle, well, he doesn't do well with guys who are a little more uh, independent. I agree. I agree, and it, it definitely, uh, you know, that's that's the best way this team has run when they listen to Carlisle. <laughs> so yeah, that's true. I, I think that's legit. So looking at the rankings now, we had a crazy week. Where last week. We predicted we could have been uh, could have been zero and four. 
0-3. Uh, we get the win against the Knicks. We got the win against the Cavs. We got the win against the Spurs. We got the win against the Sixers. Um, we're rolling, you know? And yeah. I think right now we're in a five-way tie with uh, other teams with 19 wins. So we are literally, as I started this pod, we are at the crossroads of we are like two games out of the playoffs, I think two or two and a half games out of the playoffs, the eighth seed. But also, too, because of all the winning that the lower-tier teams have done, we're not that far off. Like, I think the Lakers have the third-worst record, and they have 17 wins. So we are two games out of the third-worst record as well. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's really weird. Brooklyn is kind of running away with worst worst team in the league, and, and they should be. They don't have any talent. So. Yeah. Uh, they're they're going to be they're going to be the worst, but it's odd that you know in this league early on we talked about how weird the standings look because it really was kind of has and have not have not in both conferences, and now it's starting to bunch up a lot more. So yeah, even though the Mavericks have strung together some wins, and we're two and a half out of the playoffs, we could just as easily be near the bottom of the league in just a couple weeks. Yeah, which I I appreciate all that because. Again, we're playing our young guys, which is what we want. And then also, uh, you know, it's got the Heat. They've won nine straight. Uh, Dion Waiters was, was he player of the week or player of the month for the Eastern Conference? I uh, forget. I think the, I think the week, maybe. Player of the week. Yeah. And he has dubbed him and Drogic 7-Eleven. That's their new nickname because they're always open, is what he says. <laughs> and, um, which is totally flawed because 7-Eleven is not always open, but whatever. <laughs> um, it's, it's the perfect Dion Waiters conceived nickname. And then, well, plus, um, and I think about 7-Eleven, you don't want to go there at all hours. Like it may be no. open 24 hours, some locations, but there's a good eight-hour window where you want to stay away. And That's probably true. the same is true of those two guys. Yeah, so maybe it is more fitting. Maybe I was too quick yeah. to judge this. Yeah. <laughs> I think it might have been perfect. But uh but yeah, so it's 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 a bit uneasy on one level if you really want that top three pick. But then uh I don't think we're that further away from it this week than we were last week because of all the winning that's been going on with the other teams. So a, it is exciting that uh, the young players are producing. Like, if this was Bogut and D-Will having triple-doubles, I would be I'd be a bit conflicted. But um, young guys are developing, and, and we have more pieces. Harrison Barnes is, is Mr. Consistent, and um, what doesn't get enough play is how many minutes he plays and how durable he's been. Like, you don't hear anything about Harrison Barnes getting injured, you know, strained hamstring, strained calf, jammed finger, nothing. Like, and wow, what a, uh, what a polar opposite from Chandler Parsons where he is just <laughs> yeah, dinked up all the time. And again, you're excited for the Mavs, but we kind of fell into this a bit as well, too. So... You know, it doesn't give me the most confidence moving forward. I, I want to be confident, but then 
I see the flaws in the thinking of just, you know, exalting praise on the front office for swapping those two out, you know? Yeah, I mean, things have worked out, but, yes, this was not at all. I mean, if Chandler Parsons had just said, I'll pick up my option, we'd have Chandler Parsons on this team. Exactly. And we'd be thinking, oh, he's doing all right. I guess we'll max him out next year, and, and a max would have been like $30 million. Oh, god, insane like that. Yeah, yeah. And, and Memphis, I mean, ask any Grizzlies fan right now how they feel about the Chandler Parsons contract and his future. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. I mean, they they got to feel better. Terrible about that. Yeah, it's so, bad. but yeah, Barnes has been you know his whole career he's been pretty durable and and no change there and I mean he's just yeah I mean you can't say enough about about him and uh, it's uh, it's been great and seeing him and Dirk in there and and Dirk's I mean really the pressure is kind of off Dirk and, and he's not yeah. really playing down the stretch in some of these games he's or at least not as much as he has been and. He's allowed to just sort of, you know, get open and take shots, and he still draws a lot of attention when he does that. So he is having an impact on the court, even if he uh, he doesn't move like he used to. Yeah, and I think it could allow uh, – I think it really will allow him to extend his career because I think Dirk loves playing, and he just didn't want the pressure to be the man at this stage in his career, and he doesn't have to be now. And right. um I think it transitions really nicely. And so uh, I do want to talk a little bit about Seth Curry while we're on the topic of Young Mavs because uh, yeah. just to give a quick update, we are now 15-13 and 13 since he got back from injury. Uh, I think we bottomed out at about 4-17, and 17, and since then he uh, that coincided with him coming, off of, coming back from an injury. We're 15-13. and 13, for the season, he is shooting 47% from the field, 42% from three-point range. And uh, in the last 10 games, where we're 7-3, and three, he's averaged uh, 18.6 and 3.8 assists with, uh, you know, 4.8 rebounds, 1.8 steals. I mean, great stat line and, for either well, starting guard. Well, actually, he started the last 11 games, and the Mavericks are 8-3 and three in those games. So since he wow. became a starter, the Mavericks yeah. have been really good. And, I mean, obviously knocking off the Spurs and the Cavs, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's really been uh, surprising to see. And, and he was really good when he was at Duke. I, I think he was, he was a good college basketball player uh, and just has never found uh, a good spot for himself in the pros. Um, but, I mean, maybe this is it. I don't know. But it's, it's been great to see him develop and just gain confidence. No, I think so, too. And oddly enough, another guy I wanted to talk about briefly, um, it's weird because I, I did want to talk about Justin Anderson and his resurgence, but then the last two games, or is it even three games, he hasn't played that much. <laughs> I yeah. feel like I feel like Farrell took up a lot of his minutes just because uh, – I really think Carlisle loves having Farrell in the game. But um, to the Mavericks' credit, I feel like they almost like shut down Justin Anderson for a little bit and worked on his shot because his shot looks so much better now. He's going, he's going straight up with it. It's not the, the fadeaway swing shot anymore. And um, 
he's been shooting. I wish I had the stat. I don't, but uh, he's been shooting great from three point range the past uh, five six games. And uh, yeah, I, think, I mean, just from an eyeball test, you see more shots going in from Justin. Yeah, Anderson, you know exactly. He does yeah. And you know, he it seems like he's a little more confident about when to drive, when to shoot, um, whatever he's doing behind the scenes because he is doing something. It's working, and it's definitely restored my faith in him being a piece moving forward. So, again, it's just exciting to see these guys develop, which is it's it's become the fun part of the season where you're not expecting a uh, potential title run. So, well, exactly, and I think we talked about early in the season that there's only a couple teams. I mean, this is probably going to come down to Golden State and Cleveland again. And maybe that's the case for the next couple of seasons. But, uh, you know, while that's happening, you want to just start laying the foundation for the future because it's almost impossible to kind of build a championship team right now. You know, those two teams are just so far above everyone else, although Cleveland's kind of flailing right now. But so I I trust they'll right the ship and and get to the finals. But Yeah, I agree. um, So, so yeah, I mean, that's... That was going to be the interesting part of this season. And and I think we thought the Mavericks would be pretty good, but we thought it would be more because Bogut was going to really come in and have an impact and and a healthy Darren Williams. And, in fact, we haven't seen a healthy Darren Williams. You know, it's the second season he's been here. And, again, he's he's missed time both years. We haven't seen a healthy Bogut at all. And, instead, it's all these other guys like Curry and, and hell, Yogi Ferrell just came on board, you know, less than 10 days ago. Yeah, and uh, it's it's those kind of guys, and and obviously Barnes's emergence, and it's all of that that has really stood out for the Mavericks, and and yeah, it's just it's just fun to watch, and they're starting to play. I, I thought they would be in just about every game this season, and they got off to a horrible start, obviously, but uh, I, I think we're starting to see the Mavericks team that at least I thought we would see more of, which is a, a really competitive squad that that could win or lose every night. Yeah, I agree, which um, I feel like ties into our third point today, which is just uh, discussing trades and, and what this team looks like going through February because, um, I mean, I don't want Bogut to play anymore. I, I like him. I think he's been a great teammate, but I'm ready to trade him. I, I think it's time for him to go because, you know, Sala with his amazing game last night, was it 16 and 17? I think he had. <laughs> yeah, 16 and 17 and a couple just huge dunks. I mean, it was, it was crazy yeah, to see. It was awesome. And it's like, yeah. I, I'd rather him keep playing and yeah. not play Bogut. And I'm, I mean, I know we traded a second to get Bogut. I'm happy to get one back for him and just move on because I don't think anybody's given us a first for him. And right. if they do, hallelujah, because that would be awesome. And then yeah. um, the rumor of the week was uh, Darren Williams, maybe to the Cavs for Shumper, um, mm. who's got two years after this year. I think it's a, it was a three-year. He's got three years, $31 million left on his contract, um, counting mm. this year. Quick thoughts on that idea, not if, like, would you do it? Let's start there. No, I, I don't. I don't really like Shumpert. Yeah, like 
he's okay, but I just think he's got kind of a knucklehead quality to him and kind of in the vein of, uh, you know, like, why don't we just go get Dion Waiters? You know, just someone okay. who is like, yeah, he'll throw up some shots and he, he might even knock down a couple, but are we really better or is that a guy we can build around? Or, you know, that, he's just taking away minutes. He either becomes disgruntled because he can't listen to Rick Carlisle and just kind of, you know, is not going to play. Or if he does play, he's going to take away minutes from, like, Justin Anderson. Well, yeah. I think his ceiling is a, as, as a 3 and D guy um, for a playoff team. And then do we suddenly have too many of those with uh, Finney Smith, Justin Anderson, um, and then Wesley Matthews? Wesley Matthews. So I think those are good points. I'm wondering if they could pull it out to a three-team deal, maybe uh, get Oklahoma City involved, get them Shumpert. Maybe we get somebody else instead, a pick. Um, and then D-Will has to approve it all, too, because uh, I really don't think he wants to go anywhere. And that's that's why, uh, regardless of our opinions, I don't think he's going to end up approving a trade anyways. <laughs> Because he does have a no trade in his contract, uh, no trade clause in his contract. So, well, but is it a full no trade clause? Because I thought Derek, LeBron, and Carmelo were the only ones with like the full no trade. What would be a partial? What does that mean? <laughs> I think there are certain teams he could go to. Oh, okay. Like I, I think, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't think they're going to trade Wesley Matthews at all. Um, no. I think, uh, I think getting picks and trading vets would be the way to go at the deadline and just let your young yeah. guys run, run, run. And, um, I'm even okay trading, uh, I think Dallas basketball pitched, uh, Devin Harris for Cleveland's, uh, trade exception. They have a trade exception of like 4 million. I'm, I would be totally fine with that because we'd lose. I think Devin has one more year on his contract anyway, so we would just lose cap um, or gain yeah. cap space for next year. I'd be okay with that because when Berea gets back and Dewell gets back, we got too many guards, you know. So, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind a trade like that. I really think at this point, if Darren Williams, Andrew Bogut, like those are the two that I would I would love to see traded. And then, all right, I you know I like I've always liked Devin Harris, but I think he's an asset. So if we yeah. can get something for him, and if it's a trade exception, great. But I think what you want to get back is either some young talent. And I, I don't know if that's going to be going to be hard to pry a young talent out of anybody for those guys. But yeah, I mean I'll take picks. You know, I'll take picks and trade exceptions. That's fine. Yeah. No, I agree. But and, I don't. Uh, I don't want to take on crappy contracts. You know, like uh, I know, like the Clippers and Knicks are trying to work out a Carmelo deal, but it's like, will someone take Jamal Crawford's like huge contract for the next couple of years? And, and that's kind of a sticking point. Oh yeah, I read an article uh, on the Smoking Cuban, another Mavericks website, and uh-huh. uh, they were saying how we should intervene and try to get Jamal Crawford onto the map. And I was like, I couldn't even finish the article. It sounded so dumb. I was just like, <laughs> I was like why on earth? I threw up so much that I was dehydrated. Yeah. I have to go get a new phone now because there's throw up all over my phone. It was just such a dumb idea. 
but um, God, that's horrible. Yeah, I have no interest in Jamal Crawford because uh, he's just so old, and, and it just serves no function for us. No, but, not at all. So yeah, I'm I'm all for uh, you know getting picks, dumping veterans. And then in the off season, I, I mean, I I still think uh, I think Nerlens Noel is going to be a restricted free agent. I'd like them to uh, give him a max offer, see what happens, just to mm-hmm. put it out there. And then I I still think Willie Cauley Stein is gettable if they're looking for yeah. a young rangy center, just because uh you know Sacramento might give uh, Demarcus the max, and then um, why do you need a lottery pick center playing behind him? You know they they could they should trade him, and um, I don't know, you know I'm all well, about the deal with Sacramento. Yeah, the Sixers and Kings have both done the weird thing where they just have too many big men. Uh huh. You know, like the, the Sixers. I mean, watching Okafor last night, he's he's a pretty decent offensive player, but he's he's awful on defense. Right, it's true. He's very Al Jefferson like. Um, yeah, and, and you know, it's like. Let's say we end up with the seventh or eighth pick, but then uh, a Phoenix ends up with the second pick and they take Lonzo Ball. Well, are they going to want to max out Bledsoe? I don't think so. Right. You know, so right. there there might be some opportunities there where um, some teams are just overloaded at a position and the Mavs could kind of make a creative deal in that regard. So that's that's another hope, too, which I know Donnie Nelson loves those little – crafty deals and so we'll see how this plays out but essentially for the 16th podcast here for us this is a I think overall it's a, it's a positive podcast because like I said we're not out of the playoffs we're not out of the uh, the tanking race but then um, we've really got some young talent that's developing and overall that's uh, how could you not enjoy that watching that right Right, right. I think Mavs fans for years have kind of lamented the, you know, oh, what about the future or, or you know, just kind of, oh, we got to the A spot, but for what reason? Whereas this year it's like, I don't know, if we got to the A spot, all right, we're, we're probably going to lose to Golden State, but it would be kind of fun with some of these young guys out there. Yeah, I, I would still like the ninth <laughs> or the tenth. <laughs> sure. But- the only reason I say that is because uh, if we could get the seventh and maybe sneak in and play San Antonio, that would be exciting because I, I don't see them as the juggernaut that I see Golden State, you know? And I, I think we could win a couple games in that series, and that would be fun. But, uh, yeah, the Golden State one would be rough unless, unless we just go on some major hot streak and, and our faith in the Mavs is just on another level. <laughs> <laughs> but um well yeah I, well, and the tough part about that is we're like nine games back at that seventh seed right you know, I, like, I don't see the it gap happening. between seven and eight is so huge right now yeah yeah i don't see it happening and my hope is that a denver or portland makes a move uh close to the deadline to kind of bump them up and uh solidify their spot so we could just have fun watching these guys get better and, and not worry about not having a lottery pick, you know? Well, yeah, and speaking of Denver and Portland, that's, you know, we're two and a half back of Portland and we play them twice in the next week. 
All right, so that spills into the week ahead. <laughs> We've got uh, yeah. I mean, you said at the top of the show that it's a it's a we you know we're at a crossroads and we go at Portland and then home against Denver and Portland. Uh, those are our next three. And then Utah. So that Thursday. Oh, and then Utah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So so yeah, I mean, there's a good chance. I mean, I I think they're gonna. Let's see, prediction here. I think it's going to end up one and three. <laughs> I, <do. laughs> I mean, I think we, I would be shocked if we're talking three and one next week. You know, or let's just say, yeah. let's do, let's say we do the pot on Wednesday next week. So we just got these okay. three games. Okay. I still got to think one and two. I got to think we'll split yeah. with Portland and we'll lose at Denver. Um, but, you know, you never know. These teams are really hard to predict. Um, yeah, it is. I mean, it's just impossible to tell, like, what you're going to I mean, a, a week ago, I was I was almost a 1,000% certain that we were going to be one and three. Like, yeah. uh, we could beat the Knicks. There's no chance against the Spurs and Cavs. And, I mean, the Cavs really had no chance in that game. Like, the Mavs kind of controlled it beginning to Well, end. you know, they they're burnt out. I think it's pretty obvious. I, I can't remember a game where the Mavs had so many wide-open shots. I, I just felt yeah. like Cavaliers were playing no defense whatsoever. And um, I do think Portland and Denver being a little more on the cusp, a little more hungry, they're they're going to play us hard. And uh, they're going to be yeah. great games to watch. I, I really think that. And uh, I'm really interested in seeing uh, – a Yogi Ferrell go up against uh, Damian Damian Lillard. Damian or Damon? Damian. Damian, Damian. yeah. It was Damon (laughs) Stoudemire. Right. right. Yeah. So Damian Lillard and uh, Emmanuel Moutier. I think those would be really interesting tests for Yogi Ferrell to see how he holds up because his defense has been pretty good so far. Um. So yeah, if we're sitting here three and zero for the next week, that would put us at what twenty two and thirty. Twenty, uh, yeah, twenty two and thirty, and we'd probably be the eighth seed. Uh, let me check real quick. Or at least I, right there. I mean, we're two yeah, and a half back to Portland. We'd pick up two on Portland. I mean, yeah, but we'd have if oh, not yeah, the eighth right. seed, we're right there. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, we'd be eighth or tied for eighth. For nine, this is uh this is interesting territory here. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's crazy. So we have some excitement as Mavs fans overall. Looking forward, <laughs> and uh, I guess that's all we got this week, huh? You got any points? Yeah, to throw I mean, out there. No, I think it was a, it was an exciting week for to be a Mavericks fan and. As much as we kind of want to root for, as much as I want a, a lottery pick, it's, it's hard not to get into these games and, you know, root for the Mavs when they're doing good things. Yeah. So next week is going to be, let's see, February, let's say 7th or 8th. And, um, yeah, February 8th or 9th, actually. And we will uh, be that much closer to the trade deadline. So uh, we'll definitely be talking about whatever rumors are floating out there. Uh, yeah. Then. Until then, if you if you want to tweet us, we are at the Mavs Podcast. Uh, also, Mavs Podcast at Gmail dot com. I'm Al at home. Yep. Your Mavs at home. And uh, until next week.
right? Go Mavs. Go Mavs. All right. Yeah. Go Mavs. <laughs> I'll talk to you soon, man. All right. See you. Okay, bye.